Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CX Cast, your source for all things experience. I'm Angelina Janice, your co host, along with Adele Sage. Hey, Adele. Hi, Angelina. Today, we've got a recurring guest. It's TJ Kitt. He is a principal analyst on the CX team. He covers a lot of things, but today we are focusing on CX strategy, one of his areas. Hey, TJ, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Right on. So, CX strategy is a big, it's a topic that could cover a lot of things. Do you mind putting a box around it for this conversation just to start things off? Sure. So we define CX strategy pretty simply. It's a plan that guides how the business designs, delivers, and measures experiences that earn devoted customer loyalty and drive business success. So really, if you kind of break that apart, I mean, there's a couple of different things going on there. Number one, it's talking a lot about how you develop an initiative to manage a customer experience. And you manage it by designing it, you manage it by delivering it, and you manage it by measuring whether or not what you designed is what you're actually delivering. And then there is a sort of outcome thing is that then tied to the business's success. So the strategy that you build, the plan that you build, should ultimately help the business create loyal customers, and those loyal customers should do something valuable for the business, whether it's help the business make more money or attract more customers or be more profitable. One of those things or other sorts of things in that vein should be a natural outcome of your customer experience strategy. So how does it relate to things like a CX vision? Sure. So we see um, the CX vision as well as the overarching business strategy as the antecedents of a customer experience strategy. You need the vision as a mechanism for explaining what the North Star is, what we're trying to achieve here. And the strategy is how you execute in order to achieve that vision. The business strategy is the business's priorities. You know, so what is the business set up to do? What are the business outcomes that are a consequence of the business being set up this way? And then how can customer experience help the business achieve those priorities? Sounds simple enough. So where is the challenge that people are encountering? Well, I mean, I think the challenge is ultimately figuring out, number one, what the relationship is between, say, your business strategy, your customer experience strategy, and the vision and customer experience strategy. And then as a secondary set of issues, what exactly goes into the customer experience strategy? I, I think on the, the first set of issues, we talked a little bit about what those relationships are and that the business strategy and the customer experience vision provide the foundation for your customer experience strategy. I think the other thing to keep in mind here too is that there's gonna be a lot of overlap between say your business strategy and your customer experience strategy. The things that you need to do in order to operate as a business should lead to a, a good customer experience. So if you look at an example like Trader Joe's, from how Trader Joe's talks about itself is that you know, one of the things that we're doing is keeping costs low. We're doing that by buying direct from suppliers. We're not taking on slotting fees. We're only keeping products in stock that actually sell so that we don't have a lot of inventory overhead. And those things you know, then lead to part of that value proposition that people gravitate towards with Trader Joe's. There's the quirkiness part of it, which isn't covered, say, in that operational strategy, but there is the low cost part of it that draws people in from that target customer group that Trader Joe's has historically looked at, which are highly educated people who like specific types of food, like wine, but aren't necessarily the richest people in the world. So it's, it's those sorts of things that kind of work together 
and the business strategy to then help create the foundation for that customer experience strategy that you're going to use in order to deliver your intended experience. So in an example like that, at what point does a company develop a customer experience strategy? When do you need it? How, what's sort of the length of time that it covers? And then how often do you need to update it? These are sort of tactical like process things around the strategy. Sure. So we would argue, obviously, that you, know, you should be thinking about your customer experience strategy pretty early on. Like It should go hand in hand with the development of your business strategy. The trick is that the customer experience strategy itself works best if it's grounded, not just in the business strategy, but also your customer experience vision. And getting a vision can be a very difficult task because a vision is meant to create agreement amongst your leadership. And if you can't get them to agree on a vision, then it's very hard to get them to agree on a general strategy around customer experience. So you know, in terms of sequencing, ideal sequencing would be that you have your business strategy and then you create a CX vision that's reflective of what the company is trying to do in serving its customers. And then you develop a strategy to deliver on that vision. What some people do is they try to get around the vision because it's difficult to develop independently. And then you start developing strategies to work on specific problems. You know, so here's a strategy to resolve an issue in the contact center around customer experience, or here is a strategy to stand up a voice of the customer program so that we can continuously observe what it is that, that our, our customer base is doing and use that as a way of at least doing some moderate course correction around issues that we're seeing. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the, the way to think about it is there are ways to move quickly and think about tactics related to some known issues. I mean, you can call that a strategy. I would say that's kind of using elements of strategizing in order to do things that are achievable in the near term. The more strategic way of thinking about this is to um, think about how you create a vision and then use that vision as a way of then guiding an overarching strategy. Now, the second question you asked was, how often should you go back and look at this? The short answer is, as often as necessary. The longer answer is, think about a regular review of market conditions and the disposition of your customer base to determine whether or not the current strategy is meeting those customer needs, or if it's something that needs to be replaced, amended, or generally tweaked in order to kind of meet those customer needs. I should point out that we do have an episode on creating a customer experience vision. It's episode 249, if anyone needs to go back and refer that. And we also note that in our report on customer experience strategy essentials. So it's all connected. Yeah. What is an FCX strategy? We break it down into four general components. First is a clear picture of the customer and their needs. So customer understanding should be the bedrock of all of this. You have your your vision of what you want to do for your customers, and that should be kind of reflected in what it is that your the customers that you want to serve actually need from your business. How detailed and extensive is that? I mean, I imagine that companies know a lot about they might have segments or personas or all kinds of things. What would actually go into the strategy of that? Sure. So I guess what you're looking for basically are the general need sets that your customers have. And that may be categorized by segment, if that's how you look at the world, it may be categorized by you know, different customer archetypes or persona. 
that's how you're looking at the world. But essentially what you're looking for is these are the people that we're serving. This is who that customer base is. And in this customer base, this is ultimately what they're trying to achieve. This is the value that they're trying to get out of these interactions based on our understanding of these needs. You know, in terms of the, the amount of information, if that's kind of what you're, you're driving toward that you, you need to understand here, it's hard to kind of put your finger on exactly what that means in terms of the amount of information, but it's kind of enough to give the business a sense of where they should start attacking issues. Like if we see that our customers actually need this, and if we don't do this, it's going to be very hard to achieve our vision, then that becomes an area to prioritize. So it's what you need to know about the customer base and about their needs to then develop an understanding of how well you're actually attacking those issues and addressing those issues for your customer. The second area is the robust and well-prioritized strategic roadmap. So we went back and forth on this one a lot because roadmapping can seem very tactical in nature as opposed to strategic. So that's why we appended the term strategic to the roadmap because this is not necessarily meant to be you know, something that you tell somebody in the business exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So it's not, say, an implementation roadmap for a CRM system, and it's not a roadmap for designing a specific product per se. It, what it's meant to do is to kind of lay out a set of prioritized initiatives that you're going to undertake in order to meet those customer needs and live up to that vision and those business priorities. What McKinsey referred to this as when we were talking to them is enabling infrastructure. So who are the people, the processes, the technologies necessary to create that ideal customer experience? The third element then becomes a breakout of each leader's responsibility to that roadmap and to the strategy. You can have a beautiful roadmap. You know, it can be well laid out, visually pleasing and hung on a wall. But you know, if there's nobody that's actually given the responsibility and authority over those different elements, then there's a pretty good chance that none of that will be done or it will, won't be done in any sort of recognizable sequence that becomes beneficial. So you know, kind of really working on that component of it becomes important. You know, which people in the business units, which executives are going to be responsible for different areas becomes important because it's, it kind of goes to the buy-in that people have for the strategy, as well as going into who's going to apply the appropriate pressure in the right places in order to make that strategy come to fruition. And so the way that some people have approached this is to have different levels of responsibility based on different sorts of councils. So you may have a, a top leader council that's doing more of the advising on how the strategy should be executed. And then you have people who have execution responsibilities, maybe kind of in middle management, who are directly executing different components of the strategy under the oversight of that centralized steering committee of, of executives. And then the, uh, the final component is a list of measurable business outcomes. So I think the thing that we can't stress enough in this sort of conversation is that the reason why your business cares about customer experience is not because it's the right thing to do or a good thing to do it, but it's because it advances the business's goals, which is why we also, as one of the foundational elements, talk about the business strategy as being important. So if you're going to talk about your customer experience strategy, and you're going to talk about how well you're executing against it, you have to frame it in light of how well you're executing against the business's priorities, how this is all supporting what the business is interested in doing. And so, you know, that can come through, say, cascading goals. If you think about objectives and key results or OKRs, how those things cascade through the business. And they can also be kind of a set of priorities that you're tracking 
based on just general business intelligence, whether it's revenue performance, new customer acquisition, profitability in certain areas of the contact center. That becomes an important part of the conversation because, again, what we're ultimately here to do is to support the business's efforts to remain a business by making more money, attracting more customers, things of that nature. I think a lot of CX leaders listening might realize that, in fact, they don't have a robust strategy after hearing this list. It's entirely possible. I think the sooner you recognize that, the sooner you can start to correct some of those issues, particularly if you're not on that fourth point, really zeroing in on how all of this is supporting business outcomes. Like It's insufficient for the, the outcome of the strategy to be, say, an improvement in customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction should mean something to the business in terms of the business's overall performance. The executives are tracking things that lead to, depending on the kind of the, the public or private nature of the company, shareholder or stakeholder interest in the business and ultimately how they keep their jobs. So, you know, it's, it's very important, especially if you want the customer experience program to be more than just something that happens on the edges of the business and be something that's more core to the business. It's very important to make sure that you're constantly bringing the customer experience strategy back to these notions of business performance and what's important to business executives. In your description of the four components, it sounds as though there are a lot of stakeholders involved. Who actually owns this? Who's in charge of creating it? Who's involved in the creation of the strategy? Who are all the characters here? Right. So the level of involvement and who is going to have responsibilities is going to differ by organization and differ by organizational culture, basically. But I think what runs through all of these things is from the vision down, there needs to be agreement amongst the top leaders that this is the direction that we want to go. So we're talking about the vision component of it and how that then relates to some of the basic things about the roadmap. Because you're going to be talking about investments the business is making and priorities that they're going to undertake relative to other things the business could be doing, you want investment and engagement from top leaders who can push those sorts of measures through. Then on the execution side, you know, as you kind of get downstream, that's really going to be specific to whatever the initiative calls for. So if it's something, something related to the product, that's going to obviously bring in people from that area. Something related to different sorts of services, whether it be professional services or customer support, those are going to bring in people from those areas. But it always should be in light of what it is that top leadership thinks are the most important things to do to support the overarching business strategy. And then kind of the governance that you put around that, again, as I mentioned, is going to be really dependent upon what the organizational structure is, what the culture is, if you're, you know, say, top down or very distributed, that's going to affect how different leaders are engaged at different times on these sorts of things. Is there any gotcha here? What's the biggest mistake that companies or CX pros make as they're creating these strategies? Well, I think there's a couple of things to kind of always keep in mind. A great customer experience strategy is not going to solve for a bad business strategy. The example that I'll use because they're no longer here is uh, Borders. The Borders business strategy was we're going to create a bunch of superstores and we're going to fill them with books and all other sorts of things because our perspective on our customer is that people who like to buy books are also the same people who like going to bookstores. We fail to recognize the distinction between people who like going to bookstores and people who love buying books. 
And so that can lead to, to issues. So one of the, the first things to kind of recognize is that there are limitations to what the customer experience strategy can do. And I remember when Borders used to do super well in the customer experience index back in the day. Yes, right up until the end, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And, and they did very well in the American Customer Satisfaction Index. You know, they were above their part of the market's average. You know, so for specialty retailers, they were above that average up to the very last year. They were a top performer in that space as they were going out of business. Again, that's because of the, the misalignment of what they were ultimately delivering, which was a great experience for people like going to bookstores, you know, and how the market had shifted, which is there were individuals who like going to bookstores, but those were a subset of people who like buying books. The other thing to keep in mind here is that there should be a level of flexibility in the strategy to allow for things to happen in the world. We're living through one of those moments, for example. I was going to say, like a global pandemic, for example. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a thing that happened in the world. And if the way that you have decided that you're going to strategically improve customer experience is something that is fairly rigid, then this sort of moment could be devastating for you because you can't meet your customers where they need to be met. So if you think about like a company like Best Buy, starting with their vision, how they're thinking about customer experiences is not to define themselves as a big box retailer. And the experience that we're going to be delivering is wholly dependent on people coming into one of these large spaces that we occupy in a mall. Our strategy is to think about how best to help people incorporate technology in their lives. And so when the pandemic hit, even though it took some effort on the back end, they were able to see a path forward for themselves in which the focal point of commerce for them wasn't necessarily going to be inside of the, the retail stores that they owned and the work that they were going to do with their customers was also not going to be focused strictly on that one mode of experience delivery. And so I think that is kind of the important thing to keep in mind. Like obviously your ability to be flexible is going to vary by business, but being able to be creative, being able to take on new information, which is one of the things that we talk about in the customer understanding component, is going to be important for keeping pace with ever evolving customer needs. So I'm guessing you're not leaving folks high and dry. The advice is great, but sometimes we need some tools to help us along the way. You got anything for us, TJ? Yeah, yeah, of course. So there's a report that's associated with this um, that kind of explains what we were talking about today called the CX Strategy Essentials. And then along with that, we've created a couple of different things. So there is a, a strategy assessment that is meant to help you walk through your strategy, or at least where you are with your strategy at this point in time, and point out some areas where you potentially need some improvement. And then there is also a, a strategy development template that we have created to walk you through some of the things that you should be gathering in order to properly set up your strategy. I love a good template. Thank you. Well, thank you, TJ, for joining us as one of our favorite guests and telling us all about the strategy research that's about to come out for our clients and for giving us the step-by-step tools that we will be able to use to actually do this. I feel very empowered. So it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And everyone, thanks for listening to the CX Cast, and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much.